Welcome to the Talkie United Devon Live Yellow Army Talkie Herald Express Talkie United podcast. I was always going to get confused by that title one day and uh, it's fine. I think it's one of the miracles of life. (laughs) guy that you've got to this stage without making a mistake i couldn't even attempt it uh, apologies for being 24 hours late i did get a couple of messages on thursday saying where's the podcast and explained that because gary johnson's press conference was today he put it back 24 hours yep. yeah we thought we'd hang on and bring you the latest news from the training ground uh, in a podcast that's 24 hours late but none the worse for that hopefully. and there have been some hmm, developments to to report but we begin, thanks to uh, thanks to Julian, who's one of our regular listeners, with a riddle, which I'm going to put to you. Oh, no. And we'll put... I would not have got anywhere near this, by the way. This is a tough one, but uh, let's see if uh, if any of the listeners get anywhere near this. And, and, and by the way, this is unrehearsed. I haven't a clue what Guy is about to ask me. Uh, we need the name of three former Talker United loanees who are currently... Uh, sorry, they all have the same Christian name. And they are all currently playing for the same team in the Evo Stick Southern Premier League. So three ex Torquay Loneys, all with the same Christian name, all currently playing for the same team in the Evo Stick Southern Premier League. For those of you who, uh, wow. we should do this on Skype, shouldn't we? But there is a furrowed brow opposite me now. I gave up fairly quickly. And fortunately, Julian did send me the answer. So we'll give you the answer at the end of the podcast. Wow, uh, it's a tough one. My instinct straight away is that it's not a a local-ish Southern League Premier team because the loans would probably have come from maybe home counties clubs or something like that. In other words, it's a bit further up country, but... Mm. I'll have to. It, uh, it, um, since we're going to be jab, <laughs> jabbering away for the next 20, 30 minutes, I, I, you, you never know. It might something it might, might just up. spring to mind in the course of the juices going round. But uh, it's not all that much further away. Oh that's oh that's dear. all. I'm, that's right. all. That's the only crumb I'm going yeah. to throw you here. But <laughs> well, I, I'm already <laughs> off the mark. Already there. The um, the dates Wide of the loans mind. are 2014, 2015, oh, right. and 2017. Right. Okay. So there you go. We'll leave that one to stew there as yeah. well. And a Southern League Premier Southern Club. League Premier Club right. they're playing for at the moment. And also, on the, while we're, we're talking about fun and games, the Netflix show that you were involved in yes, uh, about Torquay's Great Escape in 87 yeah. um, has been slightly delayed, hasn't it? Yes, but for quite a good reason. It's, uh, a, it's um, a hilarious reason. <laughs> well, um, uh, some of our regular listeners um, and readers of the Herald Express will hopefully uh, recall that um, Topic Studios, a film company from New York, um, working for, for the Netflix organisation, came over last September, uh, December, just before Christmas, to film a documentary as part of a series of weird and wonderful great sporting escapes from the brink of disaster. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, all of them with a quirky element to it. I'm quite looking forward to seeing the other ones as well. Well, exactly, yes. I only know one of that this is all top secret stuff and I wasn't allowed to be told uh, what what the other ones were. These are things happening all over the world over the last, whatever it is, years. Um, And they came over, they did a fantastic job. Their research was... Yeah. Awesome. It was meticulous. It wasn't was. It? Yeah. Uh, um, with a bit of help from yours truly, we managed to gather all the uh, mm-hmm. um, uh, uh, 
main players from that amazing season and its finale when Bryn the Police Dog came yeah. on the pitch and, and bit Jim McNichol. And they came over and, and put all these people together, interviewed them. John Harris, the dog handler. Out, yeah, that was the big coup, wasn't that was it, the, to, to talk get to him. Yeah. Um, Stuart Morgan, the manager. Paul Dobson, who scored the, the equalising goal that kept United up on goal difference. Blah, 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 blah. Um, and, uh, of course, it, it is even now st still worth reminding people that the 1986-87 season was the first in which the Football League brought in automatic yeah. relegation. Before then, if you finished bottom, which United had actually done in the previous two years, and never before, I might add, yeah. uh, they had been able, you'd been able to go to the league and apply for re-election. Um, and uh, in the previous two seasons, United had been re-elected, and quite right too, they had never applied for re-election in the whole of no. their history before then. Thoroughly well-run, popular club, fallen on hard times, uh, not like some other clubs that had been eventually been applying for years and years and years when they finished bottom yeah. and eventually got thrown out. Um, and so this spectre of automatic relegation into the conference, as it was then known, felt like falling into an abyss from which there was no oh, return. Yeah, yeah. All right, we all know now that you know there is a way back. In those days, of course, if you went into the conference, there was only one place up, no, yeah. not two yeah. as there are now. Um, and of course, for all those years, the Football League had virtually said to a whole succession of teams that had won the Southern League or the Northern League, no, sorry, we're going to re-elect the club that we've already got it. So it was a pretty much closed club. People were elected to the league from time didn't, to time. It didn't happen very often because it didn't. teams that got didn't get re-elected. Teams like Southport, absolutely. Barrow, Bradford yeah. Park Avenue, all those not very many more. Oh, Gateshead. Workington um, went, Yeah, absolutely, they? yeah. All those old, great old clubs that yeah. were part of it were eventually either dropped out because they were not elected, re-elected or almost of their own accord. Mm. But uh, it was quite rare that clubs like Cambridge United got elected into the league Oxford yeah. United for instance who weren't in the league in mm. in the old days they were they they were elected so one or two were from time to time but it was a, it was a terrible terrible thing prospect to be elected to yeah. be to be relegated from the football league especially in a place like Torquay a bit of a backwater for which the a football league club was hugely important mm. both for yeah. the both for the the reputation of the bay and the area, um, you know, it was almost the single, let's face it, the club changed its colours from black and white stripes to yellow and blue as a marketing ploy in the mid-50s to advertise yeah. Torbay's wonderful blue skies and... Sandy beaches. And, and, yeah. and sandy beaches. Um, it was, you know, it was that important. Um, uh, but anyway, the Netflix... Topic Studios came over, did this thing. It went wonderfully well, as they kept telling me. You know, yeah. It's great. It's marvellous. It's going to be the best of the series. And the plan was that it was going to to come out now, October yeah. stroke November time this year. But I've been in touch with them recently. In the course of five very busy days of filming and chatting, you almost became quite good friends with one or two of them. Uh, and the message has come back, yes, everything's fine, it's all great, it's finished, the, fil the, the, the filming is finished. But of course, for Netflix, Netflix are going to market this worldwide, this series. Right. Yeah. I, I understand it's, it's a series of about six or seven documentary films. One of the other ones, I'm told, or I understand, is about 
a horse that saved a race course in Japan right. from closure. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, miraculously, yeah. somehow, uh, um, we'll eventually see that one. But, of course, for Netflix to market it globally, yeah. it has to have translations <laughs> added to yeah. obviously the, the, to, to all these various languages so they are now in the process of adding Japanese Spanish German you name it uh, uh, languages before the global release which I understand will now happen in March stroke April time see, so see this this is the best thing of all because it means that El Tomo is being <laughs> is being dubbed somebody is doing your voice well in I ended up I didn't realize this was going to happen but I until I was sitting in front of a heavily lit room at the old Herald Express offices um, uh, with words like Rolam and things like that, that I, I've ended up, I, I understand, because I haven't seen any of this yet, uh, mm -hmm. as, as the narrator to it all. So um, I'm, I'm the voice speaking in the corner, apparently. It'll yeah. be, I should be, it will be a source of endless embarrassment for me, I, I, I can tell. But, but they're, they're very happy with it. They say it's a great story. Um, there yeah. was a wonderful moment when they arrived at Heathrow Airport in the middle of the night, very tired, with all their gear, um, booms, mm. cameras, sound equipment, picked them all up from the carousel, headed for customs, uh, and uh, one officer there said, uh, uh, realised they were a film crew, asked what they were yeah. here to do, and they said, no, well, you, it's, it's, it's not something that would ring a bell with you. And he said, oh, try me. He said, well, we're going down to the southwest to film this crazy story about a football club that was saved by a police dog running on the pitch. And he said, what, the year that Torquay stayed up and Lincoln <laughs> went down? <laughs> and those were the first English <laughs> words yeah. that they spoke at Heathrow. And, of course, that absolutely knocked them out. And they... They couldn't wait to get started, and everybody um, knows the Torquay story. Everybody, yeah. even even the even the uh, the customs man at Heathrow knew that story. So um, yeah, it's now I'm told slated. Is that the right word for release? It's close enough. Yeah. In yeah. In, uh, um, in the spring. Yeah. Uh, when uh, all the various when tongues have be. been added to to, to the original. So. Um, We'll look forward to that. Fantastic. We can't wait. We'll keep you posted as yeah, to how that, to how that goes. They're, they're very good. They keep in touch. Yeah, to, they'll to give us a heads up, on. I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, they, they certainly will. So let's talk football. The Winchester City game last yeah. Saturday, the FA Cup game, a 4-1 win for Torquay. Um, satisfactory on paper, satisfactory. Gary Johnson was less pleased with the second half performance. Torquay were 3-0 up at half-time. Yeah. Um, they, they, I think we said in the in the match blog that the talkie were showboating a bit in the second half. You know, they were trying to make everything picture perfect. Yes, and they took their foot off the gas a bit, which did not please the manager. No, no, uh, I, I think he was he was pleased with the first half because the pressure was relentless, even though it took United thirty eight minutes yeah. to get through. In some ways, it was very like the Limington game away from home. It mm -hmm. took United thirty six minutes of non stop pressure to break through at Limington. Uh, and they ended up winning 7-0. Yeah. took United 38 minutes to break through against Winchester, um, and then scored three times in 15 minutes oh, either side yeah. of half-time, something like that. For, no, sorry, they scored well, three uh, four goals. times. Yeah. In, in, yeah. Yeah. Um, Short order, they were. Quiet. Um, at Limington, they went on and stuck another three in. Yeah. Um, uh, didn't quite do that uh, last Saturday. Is that a disaster? No, it isn't. No. But um, uh, I, I think w 
we all thought it would have been nice to have scored a few more goals, and that's exactly the point Gary Johnson was yeah. w- w- was making because United actually ended the match, if you want to call it that, with a, a rather uh, embarrassing mistake at the back to hand Winchester yeah. their consolation goal. And who wants to deny a team like Winchester a consolation goal when they bow out of finally bow yeah. out of the cup? You probably don't. Um, but it would have been nice to have kept that cup clean sheet record. And there was a bit of a, a muck up on a back pass by Sean McDonald, who of course has played exceptionally yeah. well in goal ever since he's come in on, on all the occasions in which he's come in for Alex Bass. Um, uh, but it, it was one of those, you know, nine out of ten boxes ticked. Yeah. Um, he could easily have got himself sent off as well, couldn't he, Sean? Which, which, given the state of goalkeeping cover at Plainmore, quite, would have been significant. Absolutely, it? yeah. Um, it was, it was a the ball was not back to him. Uh, little Ollie Bailey, the Winchester centre forward, not much of him, but runs mm. fast and, and and works hard. Never gave up. Never gave it no. up. Um, and Sean McDonald basically tried to beat him um, yeah. with a trick. Uh, got it wrong. Had the ball nicked off him. Brought Bailey down. On the edge of the box, yeah. Um, uh, the goalkeeper, get, uh, the referee gave a penalty, mm-hmm. and only booked uh, yeah. M- McDonald. And as Gary Johnson was very quick to say afterwards, uh, he might well have sent him off in yeah. those circumstances. Gary um, Johnson would not have been very pleased about well, that. Really. I don't think anybody would. No. Uh, you know, we've got Alex Bass injured for the next. Still going to be out yeah. for another two to three weeks. I understand. Um, although Portsmouth are very keen for him to come back and get mm-hmm. playing again as soon as he's fit. Um, uh, Sean McDonald hopefully will have something to say about that. Yeah. Um, but it was it was it, first of all I didn't think the back pass was 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 necessary. I think it was Johnny Cueniato uh, who yeah. knocked it to him. Uh, apologies if it wasn't him. Um, uh, and there was a just a little bit about United's play of as you were saying trying to make everything look stylish. Yeah. As well as yeah. as well as actually finishing them off. Uh, I mean not that four 0 up. They weren't finished off, of course they were, but there was no way they were coming back from that. But um, And maybe that's a very easy thing to do. Uh, um, anybody who's ever played sport at any half-decent level, when you're appreciably better than your opponent, you do. it's almost impossible to get that situation out of your head yeah. and to yeah. try something slightly different. You know, I thrash embarrassingly badly around on a badminton court every Friday night, and if we're winning easily... Something deep in you starts making you do things that you weren't doing before. Yeah, uh, you, um, you, you try you, a little dink I'll, shot. I'll have a go at this exactly, because quite. what's the worst that can happen? It, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so it's it's hardly it's hardly the, the biggest crime in sport. Um, and Torquay ended very, yeah ended up in the hat for the next round, well, which was the hallelujah, the be all and end all. Exactly. This is yeah. after years and years, which of course you know where they couldn't win a cup tie to save their lives. Okay, they've beaten Limington, Brightlingsea, and Winchester City. Happy days, £49,000 in the bank. Yeah. Uh, Woking at home, thank you very much in the next round. Um, uh, what could we have got? Something horrible like. We could have know, been away at Burton Albion. We could. We, or something. <laughs> with, with respect to Burton Albion, they, yeah. they wouldn't have much liked that, and no, we certainly wouldn't no. have liked that. So, but. a home game, Woking, real good chance. We've played them a couple of yeah. weeks ago. Uh, poor first half, very good second half, drew mm-hmm. to all. Yes, we think we can beat them. Um, uh, and what's not to like? Yeah. Uh, uh, in the meantime, before we even start to think about working, we've got three hugely important yeah. games coming up, which is 
just as much a part, well, probably even more a part of what's going on at Playmore at the moment yeah. than a few cup wins against lower league teams. That's true. A couple of things I want to mention before we leave yeah, yeah. you in just again, though. The, the shirt numbering was interesting ah, yes. on Saturday because we looked at the team sheet and we looked at the players and all of a sudden we were out there with 1-2-11 yes. on. Instead of the, the old-fashioned squad numbers, yeah, yeah. But there was there was method behind that, wasn't well, there? There was a bit. Uh, um, uh, Gary Johnson became aware that that Winchester had watched United uh, on more than one occasion. Um, uh, he of course went up to watch Winchester mm. play Sirencester. I think it was in in a league game. Um, he'd had reports from them before that, and yeah. then went up to watch them himself. Uh, and he became aware that uh, Winchester were talking about the talky number this, number that, we'll have to watch the number this, the number yeah. that, rather than the names of the players. So uh, uh, Gary decided to, um, since you're allowed to in the FA Cup, you can put teams out 1 to 11, yeah. um, to to mix the numbers up a little bit, um, which... Uh, That's thinking though, <laughs> isn't well, it? Yeah. it? It's what we call marginal gains, yeah. isn't it, I think, it in is. sport. Yeah. Um, and um, of course... Uh, Russell Cleave, the kit man, I think, uh, um, <laughs> died a thousand deaths before he, uh, before uh, they. Re I think I wonder. I must ask him actually whether he, whether Gary Johnson's ever tried this before because I remember when Russell Cleave said, "Yeah, but they're all different shirt sizes." Yeah, and so I think the answer was, <laughs> "Well, we'll swap the players who've got the same size shirts." Um, okay. Not all the players changed, but quite a few did. So you had. Um, Seiku Jane, who plays basically centre forward, had a number two on his back. Kyle Cameron ever worn number nine before? I doubt do you it. Think? I doubt it. Or ever will again? No, he probably fancies it. <laughs> but uh, um, so there were, there were one or two of these switched yeah. around, and um, uh, whether it had any effect or not, but I think it was just something that uh, uh, um, Gary Johnson fancied doing just to yeah. just just to improve the chances of making sure there was no upset. Good stuff. Well. Yeah, returning to what you were saying just then, then this the the games ahead. Um, I, when three you think really of the, tough games in the well, next week or so. When you think of the ground that United are trying to make up at the yeah. moment, all right, it's not a huge gap. It's 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 closable, but this is the time of year when they need to be doing it. Yeah, especially um, with all these cup games coming up, the FA Trophy. Uh, um, yeah. uh, round which United will go in that draw happens on Monday I'm pretty sure I think there's a round of the FA Trophy mm -hmm. which United aren't involved in this weekend so you've got FA Cup which you not, we, we all hope United are going to be in for at least another round fingers crossed you've got the FA Trophy coming up Yeah, We've, they've already got to rearrange two league games Dartford away and St Albans at home because of the Cup yeah um, so you want to be making the most of whatever league games you've got at the moment. And of course, uh, as you, most United fans know, there's Wheelston away, who are fourth in the table yeah. and clearly useful this Saturday. They've made a flying start, haven't they? Well, Wheelston? they did this last year uh, um, to a certain extent. They, they were up there all the way through the season and just fell away and missed out on the playoffs in the end. But um, Bobby Wilkinson, the manager, who, who basically was responsible for Hungerford Towns, rise up through the divisions to, to this particular place. They're struggling a bit at the moment, but, but Hungerford Town were never a club in the, this level before. Um, and he's now trying to do the same at, uh, at Wheelstone. Yeah. Um, and they've strengthened their team and they're pretty useful by all accounts. And we'll see whether they see it through this season. So uh, this weekend, I think... Yeah. 
Have they still got that eccentric fan, by the way, who was the big star on YouTube? The Wealdstone Raider was a chap. He, I don't he was that, he was all the rage, wasn't he, a few years ago? Oh right. There was YouTube clips of him taunting opposition fans. Well, getting it. Oh, I see. Yes. He was, yeah. Um, not scrapping with opposing mascots or anything. No, like no, that, nothing no, as no, bad as no, that. But no. uh, but he was quite eccentric. Oh, I wonder if he's still around. Yeah. The Wealdstone Raider, he yeah. was called. Yeah, the you... ground Grosvenor Vale is in Ryslip, which yeah. is sort of just off the M40 as you head into London. Um, very good pitch, apparently. So we got that this Saturday. Yeah. Very important match. Um, uh, and, and we were just chatting to Gary Johnson today about the whole business of you've got six games unbeaten under your belt. Um, how do you, you know, United are going to lose sooner or later, we imagine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah then you never know. But unlikely uh, uh, to go through the rest of the season. Well, if they exactly. go through the rest of the season unbeaten, happy days. We will be celebrating. Yeah, quite. Um, so, uh, you know, a defeat will happen sooner or later. Yeah. Uh, how do you handle all of that? And he was quite sensibly saying, look, he said, if we lose a game, and I think the players, all mm. of them, um, uh, have done exactly more or less what we asked them, done their best, yeah. et cetera, et cetera, you take the defeat and you move on. Mm. Because basically, you may have had a bit of bad luck, you may have hit the post and the bar, you may have had somebody sent off, you may have been in the middle of a flu epidemic, all these things yeah. can feed into a possible set of circumstances. And he said, the only time that you really steam up in after a a first defeat is if you think people have let themselves down and yeah. and, and so um, he said I think what he was trying to say was if should United lose on Saturday and he wasn't saying that um, uh, you know you'd treat it in that way yeah um, and of course the following Tuesday they got Western Supermare who are bottom of the table and haven't won yet in the league at least <laughs> they've won a couple of cup yeah. ties and yeah. I don't think anybody saw their 1-0 win over Bath City coming last Saturday no, in that was a bit cup. of a surprise wasn't it a great result yeah. for them so that's next Tuesday and then Billericay Town at home the oh, following, the following Saturday, Saturday, November the 3rd. Um, and so that, that's two I never thought I would say the phrase, they don't come much bigger than Billericay <laughs> Town at home. <laughs> but it has a bit of a feel about it. And I, I wouldn't be at all surprised if United can get four points, for instance. I mean, yeah. six ha hopefully, but four points from the next two games. Yeah. That Billericay Town at home, they're top of the table... Uh, this weird and wonderful chairman, owner, very ambitious, wants to take them into the league. Yeah. Uh, Jake Robinson scores goals for fun, etc., etc., etc. You know, you'd be looking certainly at Playmore's biggest gate of the season, I would have thought, for that yeah. match and, and bring it on. They'll bring a few as well, won't they? Yeah, you'd have thought so. So, so I mean, Western won't be a pushover on Tuesday night, far from well, it. Their pitch is... is... Tufty, did you yeah, say? Yeah, apparently Bath, Bath yeah. weren't very happy with the length of the grass on Saturday, but uh -huh. come on, you know. Got to play on it. <laughs> exactly, yeah. And, yeah. And, and it's the same for both teams. Uh, I don't suppose that Western Supermare want every team that turns up at the Woodspring Stadium to start pinging the ball around in little accurate triangles, etc., etc. They'd probably try and draw them into a bit of a yeah. slog, which is exactly what United have try <laughs> had to try and do over many years when they've been struggling. So. Um, you know, you you, it's, you have to get out there and get stuck in, don't you? Indeed. Now, Bill and Ricky's tricky. We'll all be reaching for our Ian Jury album. We will. <laughs> we'll, find, we'll find that one and, yeah, and maybe... But, but that's, an, that's another week away, so... It is. 
So uh, among the players, we've got some good, some good news on the longer loans. They've extended the yes. loan periods for a couple of the Bristol yeah, City lads. For, for, for sake of Janet and, and for Jake Andrews. Yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, when you think that in United's team at the moment, you've got Opie Edwards... I think he's playing better with every game. How long have we got him for, uh, remind um, me? Uh, no, he's, he's until January. January, yeah. Uh, uh, Jake Andrews, Connor Lemonhay-Evans, yeah. Seku Jane. Um, I've forgotten somebody. It'll come well, to lo me. Lone players? Yeah. Well, lone player. Alex Bass is a uh, Alex Bass, loan, sorry, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, that, what an important part of the team all, mm. of, all of those lads are, are yeah. taking nothing away from Jamie Reid. Uh, um, who had a great game Hazel by Hall. the way let's mention Absolutely. Jamie Reid in the Winchester Didn't game score. he turned provider what's the modern phrase enabler yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean it was a lovely yeah, cross yeah. for Janet's goal it was it was and, and, and he was he was stopped initially yeah. and of course the way yeah. he's playing at the moment he doesn't give up on stuff like no. that um, no Jamie Reid didn't score for the first time in six games uh, but it wasn't for the want of trying. So, um, and he was instrumental know. in, in yeah, he was. the rest yeah. of the team's performance. So anyway, Sorry, so those, we, we those, lone, those yeah. loanees are, are, and of course there's a clutch of them from Bristol City, mm -hmm. uh, are a huge part of United's team at the moment. Yeah. And um, uh, although he isn't on loan, of course, we must also mention that Calvin Kalala, the new French midfielder, yeah. came yeah. in and scored on his home debut yeah. uh, against Winchester. Um, so they're, 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 they're hugely important to United. And playing well. And playing Connor well. Connor Lemonhay Evans, who went from scoring twice for the Wales under 21s to scoring twice for Torquay United. Quite. Um, um, uh, he had a great game. And I'm not at all surprised that, that Gary Johnson, and thank goodness his son is yeah. uh, um, still ticking over nicely at Bristol City. They beat Hull in the week, which was a result I think they needed. Um, uh, is happy to let these players come. Yeah. And Gary Johnson, I think, has realised, well, he must have realised very quickly the importance of these lads. Worth also reminding that Edwards and Andrews were both brought in by Gary Hours and, yes. and Alex yeah. Bass. Um, uh, the, so he's trying to get them on board for as long as possible. In other words, you don't want a youngster, uh, any loan player, mm. because when they're loan, maybe a month's loan is, is coming up. Yeah. And they're about to go back to their clubs and not return to Tor and not stay with Torquay. That is a mindset which has potential for not delivering a yeah. top performance. Yeah. So he's trying to make these lads, and they already enjoy playing for Torquay. Mm. They like being here. He's trying to make them feel as much Torquay United players yeah. as Bristol City players. All right, he can't do yeah. that completely, but it's a, it's still worth trying to do. And Connor is here until. Um, I think he's January as well. I think. So there's a, I'm not quite. I must must check on that. Let Let's be a bit of a doom. Or let me be a bit of a doom and gloom merchant then, because Gary Johnson must be thinking to that moment in January when suddenly well, he's fought the engine room of the team. Now. Yeah, I mean he's going to have to give them back to Bristol City. Particularly if they carry on doing the business for us. You know, you look at Conor Lemonhead. You look at Jake Andrews. The way he's been playing the last yeah. few weeks. I know he, he. We'll get to his injury situation in a minute, but. You know he's been absolutely tremendous for talking in the last few weeks. Now, if you can't in the last few weeks, but if you, you know, Bristol City are bound to be looking. Okay, they might not plonk him straight into their Championship mm. first team. No, of course, maybe not. But they would be starting to think we need to get him training with the first team. Yeah, potential for being on the bench. You know, etc., etc., etc. We've seen that happen in recent seasons. Uh, mm. You know, players that have done well here on loan and have gone on almost straight. 
you yeah. know, gone back and, yeah. and involved with other clubs' first teams. So to have them here for this period of time is, I think, is a massive bonus. Yeah, yeah it'll be interesting to see how, how we approach that moment in January when they've got to go, though. Yeah, push push it back as long as yeah, possible. Absolutely. So Jake Andrews, and, and the he didn't play on Saturday. No. And there was a lot of speculation about what had happened. But yes. Yeah, a knee injury. Yeah, he's he's uh, um, there was a bit of speculation that... Uh, that there'd been a delay or something hadn't happened in the extension of his of his new loan sorry yeah. not the extension of his loan the, the setup of his new loan uh, uh gary johnson has categorically denied that and i understand that's not true um uh, certainly from united's point of view by the way mm. um but he has been carrying this little niggling problem with his knee which it, it's not serious I think yeah. he's he's had to have it drained a couple of times, that sort of stuff. It's around the back of his knee. He's had a scan at Bristol City this week. The scan has been clear. They're happy yeah. with that. Um, they've just been training him up there for the last couple of days, and I think they're, 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 he's fine. But they're going to assess him for this weekend. Yeah. If, if uh, United are travelling on Saturday morning first mm -hmm. thing up there, so they can oh, collect him yeah. Yeah. on the way up. If he doesn't make this weekend, I think they're very hopeful that he'd be available for the Western Supermare game. Um, so that's the latest situation with him, um, uh, and let's face it, it was a big plus for United that without him they managed to function pretty well yeah. uh, against Winchester City. Um, uh, and I wonder whether, if it had been Billericay at home last Saturday, yeah. whether um, uh, Gary Johnson is probably silly of me or irresponsible to say so, but would have had a chat with his son at yeah. Bristol City, maybe with the medical. Now look, you know. Could he play? Mm. If he's struggling, we'll take him straight off. That sort of conversation. But there's um, no point in risking an injury. And, and it was a gamble that paid off handsomely. It, it, it anyway, was. All right, United did have to change the formation a yeah. little bit. Um, Calvin Kalala, who's basically a, he's he's played two. He's, he started two games for United yeah. so far: Eastbourne away and Winchester at home. He's played as a central attacking midfielder in his first match and as a left winger in his second. Yeah. So he's, he's quite versatile. He's, he's getting into it pretty <laughs> yes. quickly. Um, and there's better news of a player who Gary Johnson hasn't seen in, in first-team action yet. He, he, yes, uh, apart from the years he had him at uh, Yeovil course, Town, of yeah. course. Ryan Dixon. You know, Ryan Dixon is yeah. back, and, and all United fans will be pleased to hear that news. I, I think of all Gary Hour's summer signings, Ryan Dixon, who came in quite late yeah. um, as a free transfer, uh, um, made people... Uh, put a smile on one or two faces and of yeah. course I think we saw in the first few weeks of the season even when United weren't playing that well certainly as an attacking mm. force you could see the quality and the drive that he's got Yeah. Uh, but he picked up a, a a little fracture in his tibia just above the ankle um, in training at the end of August and he's been out ever since you know quite right too Yeah. Um, but he's been training for 10 days a fortnight now uh, gradually stepping it up yeah um, and Gary Johnson reported today that um, he's been putting himself about on the training ground Good. quite impressively yeah. and um, he may well be considered for the squad for, for this Saturday. So that's another big plus in, a, in an engine room midfield, which is yeah. already pretty well served. Yeah. Uh, um, Ryan Dixon, as we all know, is a quality player, but he's going to have to try and get one of these lads yeah. out yeah. and good luck to him for that in, in that because of course I'd forgotten that um, Gary Johnson and he know each other pretty well don't yes they? he's one of the players yeah. that Gary Johnson along with Liam Davis and Asa Hall and yeah. Jake Andrews and, and, and at least one other I've forgotten who that, the other one is that he has managed before in his career yeah
Okay, and there is, we spoke briefly about this last week, but the news on Chris Ralph, Chris Ralph was confirmed, wasn't it? Well, it, 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 it hasn't been confirmed, right. but it has, if you know what I mean, because United have now advertised the post of head yeah. groundsman um, on one of the main groundsman uh, um, yeah. uh, uh, avenues. Um, which sort of confirms that Chris Ralph is leaving. I understand the game against Conkles Rangers, uh, which is in November time. Yeah, November the seventeenth will be yeah. his. Yeah. is due to be his last okay. game. Uh, again, uh, Talk United and Plum neither Talk United nor Plymouth Argyle nor Chris Ralph have have, have have made any sort of announcement. Chris is understandably declining to talk about it yeah. until the thing. But um, it's fairly common knowledge, I think, that uh, Argyle want him. Yeah. Um, they have obviously they've got Home Park, they've got Harpers Park, they've got another quite big extensive mm. area where their community trust and various other things happen, and they want somebody to. Do they still use Seal Hane? They stopped using No, they Seal stopped. Hain. No, they're, yeah. they're not at Seal they're, they're, Their academy was at Seal Hane, yeah. yeah. So it looks as if Chris has been yeah. lured down there. Very good luck to him. He's mm. done a terrific job yeah. of playing more. Um, his boots would be hard to fill, but these things happen, and and you have to move on. So yeah. um, it's an award-winning pitch, and if if Concord Rangers does turn out to be his last game, I hope they make a bit of a fuss of him. To be honest, yeah, because, sure, um, yes. you know, that's, yeah, that's one of the I things. I think we'll all be nudging him to try and come up with some weird and wonderful um, lawnmower pattern <laughs> oh, yeah, on the pitch good, or something like that. But are you allowed to do that? Anymore? Uh, didn't I? Don't know. Yes, I know what you mean. Wasn't there a clamp down because people yeah, were doing these all sorts of weird. paisley patterns yeah. on their pitches and things <laughs> like that? Um, well, presumably in the National League South, you can do what you like, I would have thought. Big we're, smiley we're, face in the middle or well, something like that. Yes, Chris has got a good sense of humour. <laughs> he, he would... Uh... He'll be tempted, but... Yeah. Um, but it was nice at a time when things were not going well for Torquay on the pitch. The actual pitch was winning us awards. Yes. It, was, it was, you know, that, that helped a little bit. When yeah, we and, 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 and it, it, let's face it, there are many, there, are, there, are, there aren't that many things in a football club that you can show to the world what mm. sort of a club you are. The team is one, yeah. the pitch is the other. Yeah. Uh, maybe the programme, stuff like that. All the hard work that goes on behind the scenes, you can produce... Fantastic food in the restaurant. You can tick all boxes with yeah. your looking after customers, etc. Et it wins you very few brownie points. The only things that sh you can show to the world, this is what we're all about, is our the football yeah. team on the pitch, which of course is almost permanently up and down, and or in United's case over the last few years, mostly down. But your pitch is something which is there for everybody to yeah. see week in, week out. And over the last few years, uh, under Chris's tutelage it's it's nice. it's been a, one, a, a it? big plus it's um it's going to face some pressure isn't it in the next few days though, telling me Truro are at home well of course it, and this is this season of course there's the ground share uh, yeah. quite how long this will continue we still don't know Truro have given no indication of when they're going to make a decision do we move back to Truro Road because it's now available again yeah um uh, or do we stay uh, at Playmore where, where gates are Poor and not, not better, getting any better, no. um, but this Saturday, Truro home to Dartford. Yeah. Monday night, a, a date worth mentioning to United fans: FA Youth Cup home. Oh, this is the game. Uh, yes. To Totten and Ealing. Yeah. Uh, from That's Hampshire. The first round proper. First round proper of the FA Youth Cup. The, the youth team have been doing great things in the last few rounds. Home at seven thirty on Monday. Yeah. Tuesday, Truro home to Bath City. Twenty four hours yeah. later, and then the following Saturday, of course, United are at home to 
a bit, a bit of Ricky. Ricky. Yeah. Um, so four games in eight days is that something like that? It's tough, uh, isn't it? That that yeah. that that that, uh, that puts the racks the pressure up a bit on on Chris Ralph and Julian Goulthorpe is number two. Um, there is a bit of rain coming next week. We understand. Yeah. Uh, and I think they're praying for it to arrive after Tuesday rather than yeah, um, yeah. rather than before it. But Wednesday, um, Thursday, Friday, it can rain next week. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Chris always says I can handle rain any time of the week as long as it's not between midnight uh, and twelve o'clock on Saturday Saturday yeah. morning. It's it's the timing of rain that that's the important one. But the pitch has been redrained. Yeah, uh, uh, they're very optimistic that it'll it would it would and, and and can hold up better now than before. So yeah, fingers crossed. Now, the subject that's been vexing us a little bit over the last few days, Talking United are on the front page of the Herald Express this week, as well as on the back page, because the stadium plans came up for discussion at a Torbay Council meeting a few days ago. Uh, very, very controversial, very, very political. Um, the upshot is that the uh, the mayor is now going to be asked to take a look personally at the plans for a new Talking United stadium at Nightingale Park with the recommendation that he is asked to block the plans and to ring fence Nightingale Park for what's the phrase here for community sport and leisure use uh, talking about woodland walks and, and things like that now it's controversial that anything to do with Talk United leaving Plainmore and building a new stadium at Nightingale Park I, I can feel our listeners bristling even as we speak and it it polarises opinion, this, doesn't it? There's no real middle ground in this one at all. No, no. I think it's worth stressing that nobody's actually seen uh, any... We've seen some artist impressions yeah. and stuff like that. You know, th these plans don't exist yet. Well, I'm they, sure they do, because, because uh, yeah. um, uh, Gaming International, Clark Osborne, the United mm -hmm. Owners Company, is due to present the they first should, they, round of plans. They're due to be submitted. When, when I spoke to Clark Osborne at that public forum meeting, he was quite clear that November was the uh, the intended time exactly to, to so that's what we've been working on and i we imagine that will be happening but yeah. none of the councillors who either are yay or nay merchants ha have yet actually seen uh, mm. any plans for this um I, I think it's there's two things here one is this clearly involves talk united with all the emotion of that involved you and i are speaking of uh, of, of of a club and a ground where we've been watching Torquay most of our lives, yeah. in your yeah. case, all your life, yeah. and in mine, most of my life. I first yeah. saw Torquay play at Playmore in 1964, so I've been watching them there ever, mm. ever since. I don't want to leave Playmore any no. more than any other fan does. Uh, uh, that's one point, that the fact that the new development involves a new stadium for Torquay yeah. United. But I think it's worth almost trying to separate that out in this particular case from the fact that yes there's a new stadium involved but there's other stuff as well this is not just a new stadium the, the plan includes an events arena 30,000 seat or capacity can be converted into concert arena yeah hotel restaurant shops houses they talk of a football academy as well quite um, I think there's a is there a some sort of sports health center mm, that yeah, sort of stuff yeah. um, now this is a development which I think it sounds like quite a good idea. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, and we're at a time uh, where all of us who have lived in this area for so long have have, have become almost ashamed of Torquay. Really? We are, yeah. because yeah. we love the place. Yeah. And we know what a fantastic area it is. 
but don't tell me that this town and this borough hasn't been going downhill for the last 20, 30 years. It has. It's in need of investment, it's in isn't it? It's in desperate yeah. need of investment. And we're in a situation where we all sympathise hugely with councillors and council officers who are being shafted from a great height mm. by lack of funds from yeah. central government. They don't have any money to do almost anything other than run core services. So no, that's true. It, it, it's... And, and, you know, we wish them yeah. well in, in, in that horrible series of decisions that they have mm. to make in, in that. But it's, it's going to be sad if at a time when the Bay, as a result of the new road, which we've all been praying for, the, yeah. the new South Devon Link Road, for the last 40 years and has finally been built, and is duly having the desired effect, that I think some of us feel that the Bay at long last has a chance to take off again and become the place that it should and could be yeah. uh, in terms of people coming to visit, facilities available, etc, etc, etc. Now, at this particular time, Torbay Council does not have the money to do any of no. these things. It, so, it yeah. can't do it. So it has to be... Yeah. And we're, we're not just talking about we're talking things like the pavilion no, absolutely forget, Torwood Street which yeah, is underway this isn't at just last. about a new stadium for Torquay United no. um, and uh, it, there's, there's a there's a danger I think or I hope I hope it doesn't happen that the councillors end up or at least a, a section of them without any financial clout to do anything themselves mm. but end up saying no to almost every, anything that's slightly contentious or is yeah. some people may not like. And I think you have to look back over the years of, you know, when the Grand Hotel was built in that site, when the Imperial Hotel yeah. was built in that site, when the Pavilion was built back in the, the, the Victorian the, the yeah. era, did everybody like them? Did, That's a good did, point. Did, did yeah. they all yeah. walk past the pavilion yeah. and say, "Cool, isn't that it? No, I'm sure someone said, what the hell's that? Yeah. I saw on our beautiful yeah. you know, harbour side, seafront, etc., etc., etc. But now it's, it's, it's a huge asset to the bay, even mm. though you and I know the thing's falling down from, yeah. fr from yeah. inside. And you have to, I think, no development that anybody is ever going to put up, and there's quite a few new ones starting up with private investment coming into the Bay, is ever going to tick all the boxes for all the people. No. no. And you have to have uh, some sort of leadership, uh, um, desire to make things happen, yeah. and, to, and, and to give the Bay some of the facilities which we all know it desperately needs, mm. and manage that the best you can. Yeah. Let's face it, uh, uh, somebody like Clark Osborne, and it happens to be him, mm. the owner of Talk United in this particular case, it could be Lord Sugar for all we know coming in with, with a plan. You know, whatever plan he puts forward, those councillors and the council officers, you have to jump now through more hoops and tick more boxes in terms of planning and, and all of these things than ever before in history. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody who's ever built a ex uh, conservatory on the back yeah. of their house knows that. Um, so uh, I, I hope that the council look on this thing uh, uh, without a kind of 
well, we're not having that but attitude. It's sort of without prejudice. It would be nice to see the plans exactly. before the decision Quite. gets made. Because Nightingale Park, with the best will in the world, and, and I don't live overlooking it, neither do you, people will have a different perspective if they do, but it's not a beauty spot. It is Park. not. It's a tip. And by the way, has it been developed or improved or landscaped mm. or turned into gardens and, and stuff over the last 20 or no. 30 years? No, it hasn't. And, so, and, and so now to try and pretend that Nightingale Park, which, by the way, is right slap bang next to the biggest retail park in, yeah. in the Bay or one of them anyway. Yeah, it is. Isn't it? Um, mm. The Willows. Um, you know, it's, it's not like Cockington, is it? For goodness sake. Uh, and it, it, nothing has happened there of any great consequence for all these years. So yeah. now for people to suddenly pretend that this is some beautiful place over that, 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 that must be protected at all costs. I think it's just a little bit well, imaginative. Well, money would need to be spent on it to, to make it into... Quite. Um, yeah, it, it could be made into a place for woodland walks and that kind of thing, but money would need to be spent. Yes, and the council it. haven't got it. No. Now, what, what I, I, if, I had, if I was a businessman with lots of money to invest, I don't think I'm going to invest it in woodland walks. No, no. Where's, the, where's the profit in that? And whatever is built at that site... And at other sites around the bay, and there aren't, I, wouldn't, I don't think you and I can think of many others that would be able to take that sort of development. Mm. Somebody is going to make some money out of it sooner or later. Yeah. That's why they start out with it. So to pretend that this, the, 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 these developments happen in some sort of golden glow of civic pride and yeah. uh, 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 all that kind of, it doesn't happen like that, you know, and, and it can't at the no. moment in, in the council's current situation. The next question, of course, which comes as a result of this, if, if Gordon Oliver does go away and the council comes back and says, well, look, yeah, we've taken all this on board and that area is now ring-fenced as a public open space and we're never going to pass a stadium plan there, where does that leave Clark Osborne and Gaming International? Well, uh, <laughs> that, that, that now we bring the thing back to Talk United, which we tried to take out of it yeah. for, for, for a little bit. Uh, that, presumably, is quite a serious development. Mm. Um, I haven't asked Clark Osborne that situation, that, that question, and talking like this, I probably need to. Um, uh, I think, since his commitment to this whole project, and in fairness to him, to the club, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I, the the a year ago or over the last eighteen months, uh, I've been portrayed as some sort of puppet of Clark Osborne. I'm probably his son-in-law by now. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, not, I don't think that's possible. Um, but uh, uh, that's that's gone a bit quiet. That sort of criticism over the last few months. I yeah. think, especially since the appointment of of Gary Johnson, I think people can see the money that's gone into the club, the improvements that's been made around the place, the evident commitment to trying to win promotion this season, mm. and the financial backing to do it. Now. Uh, I'm no friend of Clark Osborne's. Uh, you know, I've only met him two or three times. We talk from time to time, etc., etc. Mm. Um, uh, and I can quite understand the great suspicion with which some people have held him, and maybe still do. Um, but uh, would would some of the people who have bought Premier League clubs or Championship clubs, yeah, uh, uh, still be there? Uh, uh, losing money hand over fist without any prospect of the thing moving forward or emerging still yeah. in one piece. No, I don't think they would. Uh, uh, Clark Osborne is very committed to the club. 
He's desperate to make a success at the club. And also, as he's been very honest right from day one, he hasn't just sprung it this on people. He said from day one that his eventual ambition yeah. was to move United from Playmore to a new ground. And we're now starting to see what he's got in mind. And as we've mentioned on this, I think, podcast before, that's no different, actually, to what Mike Bateson said 20 years ago mm. and to what Dave Phillips and Steve Bree, the previous regime, had also proposed at one stage. Yeah. Um, now we're getting to somebody who probably has the clout and the ability, or may do, to actually make this happen. Yeah. Slightly different part of the game. So if, if there's absolutely no chance of this happening at Nightingale Park, does he then look around for another site within mm. range? There are precious few that you and I can think of in... Well, not within Torbay. Within Torbay. No. Uh, does he go to somewhere like Teambridge, or does that really tick the same boxes? I don't know. Um, it, and and if he was to suddenly go, right, cheerio, club up for sale, I'm off. Yeah. Where does that leave, you know, the, yeah. the club in those circumstances? Um, Interesting. Yeah. Because, I mean, this is all kind of tied up in quite arcane council language yeah. and, and proposals and what have you. But the, Oh, and by the way, there's elections from... coming up next year. Right. That's, that's <laughs> the other thing to it. But the, this is a really significant time for Talker United. Huge. Know, even though it's, as I say, it, it all looks a bit vague and nebulous at the moment, but there, there are yeah. big decisions coming. Well, I mean, when you think that when Gary Johnson was appointed, he made it very clear that mm. he had been sold the whole idea of this project yeah. of, of a, 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 a club on the up that's one promotion, hopefully, back into the National League, one division away from the Football League. Yeah. Uh, the, 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 the hope of moving into a new stadium. Mm-hmm. Um, and let's face it, very few football clubs that have moved to new stadiums have actually gone down as a result of it. The vast majority have prospered. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, you know, he's obviously been sold this. Uh, yeah. This whole project and this dream of 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 of, of, of this development. Yeah. So uh, we, we, we'll we'll have to wait and see. I ju- it just seemed a little bit disappointing that quite a lot of councillors almost were, were were sending out a message of we don't want this no matter what. Mm. Uh, at this particular stage in the game, I, I, I think you know, aren't we electing our councillors to have really? Good, good looks at these sort of things. I'd, I'd like to see the plans before absolutely the decision absolutely was made. Absolutely right, and but. and let people see what's proposed. Yeah, um, no one is suggesting surely that Muse are going to be playing at the Riviera Stadium every other weekend with all of you know that ain't going to happen. No. Um, but these are big developments that have to be very seriously yeah. uh, considered and we all understand some of the worries and the fears of people who, who, who live nearby. Um, uh, but yeah. we'll see. We will see. Can you watch this space. Two more things to uh, to deal with before we disappear for this week. I'm One, still struggling with the riddle, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to come to that in a minute. Yeah. Uh, a gentleman by the name of Max Prestwood gets a mention in this week's podcast, although he doesn't play for Talker United, but he scored a goal for Gampton United against Teen Village in two seconds <laughs> well, at the weekend. It's from the kickoff. From the kickoff. Yeah. Because they've changed the rules, haven't they? Which I still can't quite get used to. You no. don't have to tap the ball its circumference. And it doesn't have to go backwards. Or there anything you go. Like that. You can actually, if the goalkeeper is standing around on the edge of his box, yeah. doing whatever he's doing, and you think you can pop one over his head, 
then that's exactly what Max Prestwood did. Yeah. But fair play to him, a goal in two seconds. It got us thinking about two other very fast goals. Torquay have, have kind of got the monopoly on the records for these, haven't yeah, they? Yeah, they have. Yeah, they're, they're, they obviously Jim Fryatt, who for many old centre forward from the 60s, late 60s, um, uh, uh, held the record for the fastest goal in senior football. Unfortunately, it wasn't for Torquay United. It was, I think it was for Bradford Park Avenue. Or was it at Bradford Park? I'm not 100% was sure. She black, but, oh, I'm anyway, uh, yeah. in the dim and distant past. Yeah. Uh, but slightly more recently than that, I think it was about 72, 73, something like that. 75, it? was it? Mid-70s, yeah. Um, and I think, as far as we know, I think it's still the fastest own goal. It is. Um, in, uh, and we were both there, Sydney, weren't we? We were both there, yeah. Um, talking United, talking United against Cambridge United. Yeah, I think it was this time of year as well. I think it was no- November time, something like. That. I might be wrong. Um, uh, how many seconds was it? Was it six, six seconds. Six seconds. I was still taking my. I can still remember taking my place over on the pop side. I probably had a, a cup of soup or something in my hand, just about to watch the start of the game. And if I remember rightly, it was a, it was a long ball forward down the middle from, from Cambridge. Ca- Cambridge kicked off. Pat uh, Cruz uh, went to nod it back to Terry to, Lee. Yeah. Uh, and Terry Lee wasn't quite where he was expecting him to be. No, quite a long way off his yeah. line. And yeah. Pat Cruz nodded it quite gently into yeah. the corner of the net. Quite. Six um, seconds. Yeah, that's right. And, and Torquay uh, scored all four goals in that game. Correct. Right? Because Phil Sandercock also scored an own goal. Absolutely. And I think Willie Brown got both of them goals at the I other end. I think he, he might have got done. one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so... Uh, uh, these very fast goals, United have had a, a bit of a hand on, on these over the years, and well done to Max for yeah, to, uh, to use one of our favourite phrases that winds up the other podcast. Chapeau, to Max <laughs> Presswood. Yeah, uh, and of course the way he goal. scored it, of course couldn't have, couldn't have been done years no. ago, and uh, because you had to, uh, the ball nearly always ended up going through at least two or three people before it ended up in the back of the net with yeah. very fast goals. Well. Now that doesn't have to happen. One kick. And I'm going to put you out of your misery for oh, a riddle. Oh dear, dear, dear. So the riddle, which we posed quite a long time ago now, three former Torquay United loanees who all share the same Christian name and are all currently playing for the same team in the Evo Stick Southern Premier League. Are you going to let us in gently by firing a name? What do you want first? Oh, a dear. name. Josh McCoyd is one of them. God, who I was here? I, I, I saw where he went. I saw where he went the other day, and he I scored. He scored two goals in fourteen games for Torquay in two thousand and seventeen. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Josh Wakefield. You don't want to call Josh on this training ground, no. by the way. Josh Wakefield is another one. He scored one in ten for us in yeah. two thousand and fourteen. Right. We've just been invaded by a dog, by the way. If you're yeah. wondering what the noise was. And Josh Carmichael yes, is he, the other one. Both of those were from Bournemouth, weren't they? No. He scored one in 14 as well. For Where us. are they playing? They are all playing at Weymouth. There you go. I should know that because I definitely knew that, uh, was it Wakefield or Carmichael was playing there? So I definitely should know that. Yeah. I hadn't realised that Josh McCoy was playing there as well. That's it. So all, all three of them are currently playing for Weymouth. It's chaos in here now with the dog invasion, but thank you very much, Julian, for um, a good riddle. Absolutely. If anybody yeah, yeah. got it, that McCoy one, would have well. thrown me. I, I, I knew he had gone somewhere, Yeah. Uh, and and I hadn't realised it was Weymouth. I, now you say uh, Carmichael and Wakefield, I, I'm pretty sure I knew they were there, and I should have got it. But uh, So the, na- the name not to failure. call... Hopeless failure. The name not to call on that training ground is Josh. <laughs> so. 
So there we go. This has been this has now been a record breaker. This is the longest podcast we've ever done, but we did have much to discuss. Yeah. So uh, thank you very much will. for next your time. Week we'll have had two games. Wilson away, Western Supermare away, and the big one against Billericay coming up coming on up Saturday indeed. week. A lot of people will be going to Western on Tuesday night. A lot of people will be going to Wolverhampton on Saturday as well. Yeah, that's right. Um, I think an awful lot of people will be jumping in cars and heading up to, to Western yeah. on Tuesday evening. Good luck to them. Indeed. Thanks for your time. This has been Guy and David on the Herald Express, Devon Live, Talker United, Yellow Army podcast. I got that right at the second attempt. Thanks for your time. We'll be back next week. And in the meantime, as always, come, come on, on you, you yellows. yellows.